0: This is that play-by-play podcast, about to get it in, Wade and Ryan bring that fire, give you energy to win, Uh, get your business to the next level by going hard, all the hustle and commitment is what sets us apart, this is the play-by-play podcast,
1: podcast, what's going on guys, this is the play-by-play podcast episode 11, that is crazy, Um, if you don't know who I am, uh, my name is Ryan Woodrow, and I'm Wade Wiseman. Guys, we are super pumped um, just for just for so many things. I mean, we, we were just praying before the podcast and, um, you know, gratitude has just been so heavy on our hearts recently, just being super grateful for where we are now and, you know, the fact that we're, you know, we speak on this heavily, the fact that we're sitting in our own office space that, you know, that we've just been blessed with the ability to create this platform um, to just be creative and uh, to pursue our passions and our dreams and, you know, we're continuing to go all in on them. We are so sold out to uh, to this company and you know Market Draft Media and you know really the, the numerous directions that you know we want to head in and that we've just been kind of creating this outlet to to do all of those things and it's just we are just so incredibly grateful to be where we are now and um, I think what's cool about being so grateful is you know just it, it just keeps things in perspective you know, not taking the little things for granted and, um, you know, really just the the responsibility that comes with this and um, it's just, gratitude is so important and uh, it's really, really been a strong theme, you know, in my life, especially more recently, just, you know, things that have kind of, you know, gone on in my life and, you know, in the last month or so and uh, to still be here where I am now and um, it's just, it's just incredible, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. God has really been just, like, blessing us hardcore. This entire venture has, like, so clearly and obviously been shaped by his hands. And um, I'm just grateful that, you know, we get to do something like this. I mean, it's it's an outlet for our creativity. It allows us to make money, you know. And, and it, like, we're we're very close to being employed by this full time. And it's amazing. Like, it's like, it's like we're months away from that. And, Things just continue to grow, and clients that we work with continue to grow, which helps us. And it's just amazing. It's outstanding, and I, I'm just like like Ryan said, we're we're both hyper grateful. You know, it's like, especially coming out of the, coming out of the holiday season. I, gratitude's always on my mind. I try to always sit and just like realize, wow, like, you know what I mean? Like just getting to see your family, just getting to look at your life, and looking at the year in retrospect, it always puts things into perspective. And um, it's, it's awesome, man. It's like, like the new year has just been great already. Like we're already starting it off with a bang. We already, um, we already had our first client meeting at the office, which was pretty sick. Yeah. We got our name on the door now. We're finishing up some client stuff right now. And there's, we got a bunch of stuff on the way. Like even just stuff that our clients are doing, we're excited about. Yeah. You know, we, we have a, I think what really is cool about this too is what says, well, this is what sets us apart more than anybody else. But we're just as invested into our clients' businesses as they are. We just like seeing businesses grow, and um, we just like seeing successes happen and just being able to speak into and help their lives, and so like that's, to me, the best part and the most gratifying part. We had a client come at us today about having a new product being put out, and we were just like both so stoked about that, and it's just cool to be working in an environment and having a business where that can just be the job, you know what I mean? It's just helping businesses out and being excited about people's businesses, so it's, it's really cool. I'm excited. I'm I'm mad excited for this year. Like we just we just got we just got on the bike. We haven't even started pedaling yet. Yeah. So I'm really excited about it, man.
1: Yeah, that's what's that's what's like most cool about you know being in this you know in the, working in you know the marketing industry. You know that we get to see firsthand. You know the successes that these businesses are seeing, and our clients are seeing. But you know more so that. We are heavily impacting those successes. And those successes have a lot to do with what we're doing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're just we're so passionate. And um, we just love what we're doing, you know. And, and you, you know, Wade just said that, you know, we're, we're kind of on track to be, you know, employed full, you know, be, you know, not that we're not employed right now, but we're not taking salaries yet. But the fact that, you know, we're slowly moving into a position where we can be getting paid um, you know, by the company. I mean that's that's incredible, you know. And I and I think a, a lot of that has to do with the fact that we're not thinking about the money. Mm-hmm. You know, when do you ever hear us talking about money on the podcast? Very. I mean, obviously, we're running a business, and there we there's a cost of doing business, and we have expenses going out, and we're charging clients and everything. But that's not that's not the main reason. That's not that's not a core value, you know, at Market Draft Media. Um, you know, it's important, you know, it's of premier importance, but it's not, it's not what's driving
0: us. If it was, the, if it was the true focus of the business, our packages will be a lot higher priced. Yeah. Cause people are honestly getting way more out of what they're paying for. Like we, we have a really solid track record so far, like, like a really solid track record. Like we've, we've greatly impacted every business that we worked with so yeah. far. So this is, it's it's cool to see that it's cool to actually be doing something right and like really be putting in the work and really caring about our product. And um, I think our product speaks for itself at this point. We have every single client that we worked with has been really grateful for what we've done, and that's that's cool. Like that that to me drives me. That makes me want to bring in clients. That makes me want to be a salesperson. That makes me want to work. You know, it's just like it's it's awesome to have a healthy workplace. I think having a healthy culture, having a healthy work environment, having something that you want to walk into every single day and actually do and just go above and beyond and exceed on, that's so important. I think that that's what uh, that – that is, like, an important part of life, I believe. I You know, I talk to people all the time who just don't like being at their jobs. And they're so, like – and a lot of it just has to do with a bad work culture. No business innately is terrible for what it is. You can make any job good, but it's, like – how are the people communicating? Are there incentives? Like, is it positive? A lot of it just has to do with how the coworkers interact. And if the, you know, whoever's running the show is making them aware of what they're doing good. It makes them feel like they're valued. I think that's, like, huge.
1: Well, you and I, we, we've been spending a great deal of time talking about the culture that we want to create, um, you know, and foster here at Market Draft Media. Because, you know, right now it's just you and I. Yes. Um... You know, but pretty soon here you, we've been talking about this as well. Starting to build a team and start to position ourselves, and looking at different ways that um, we can start to build a team. You know, even though we don't have, you know, I mean we, we have pretty big margins right now. Um, you know, but I, I think it's just a lack of revenue. So it's like, okay, how can we build a team? Um, you know, and start to grow our, you know, our our revenue. Uh, so we're looking at different ways we can do that. But I mean, so early on. You know, Wade and I have been putting things in place and, um, you know, just kind of laying the foundation for the culture that uh, that we want to see come to fruition here. And um, I, I think work culture, is, I mean, it's so important. It's what, you know, motivates you to actually want to come to work and, and put forth your, you know, your best effort. And, um, you know, I, I think regardless of whether or not you're on top and you impact you know, the, the culture, you know, of the work environment in a in a big like macro way, or you're at the you know, the you're the low man on the totem pole so to speak, or you're ground level, you're still impacting culture. You know, you can either allow the negative work culture to impact, you know, how you work, or you can take that negativity and not really take the negativity, but you can contribute positivity to, you know, what is you know, I don't know what kind of work environment you're in, but I, I think you, there's, you have a great responsibility to contribute, you know, positivity and um, really bring a fire to the workplace, and, um, and and you could be the missing piece. You know, you could be the, you know, you could be that, that missing factor that could really, um, you know, really shift the culture in a work environment. So, you know, I, I'd say if, you know, if that's you, you know, if you're in a work environment and you're not really enjoying the culture that you've kind of stepped into, why don't you tweak your perspective a little bit and start to bring some fire, bring some positivity, um, you know, start to derail whatever negative trains or, you know, because I think on our last, a couple podcasts ago, we, we talked about negativity and how infectious it can be, mm-hmm. and um, it's... It's not that hard when you see a negative conversation kind of taking place to very thoughtfully interject yourself and help people see things a little differently. You know, bring that positive feedback. You know, help people see things in a different light. Um, You'd really be surprised about what you could, you know, the level of impact you could have, you know, in a workspace. I mean, Wade, you working in AT&T, you know, it was very, you know, sales driven. You know, it was kind of... You know, meet this quota, or you're out of here. And I think, by, you know, just by default, naturally that that's going to create a hostile, very, um, you know, it's very. I, I would, I don't know. It just, uh, I, I think you can speak on that more than I could. But you, you very thoughtfully um, made it a point
0: to be uplifting, yeah. you know, and to be happy no matter what, and and, and stay out of those conversations. And yeah. uh, and one thing that's cool, and the one thing I've seen. I can honestly say from working at all points in the totem pool of most businesses that I've worked in, especially in a sales environment, is that work culture and positivity makes or breaks that business. Yeah. 100%. Because how you're speaking affects your customer. You cannot have the premier product, but you can have the premier staff and the premier just place to come into and people will come shop for you. Your price, you might not have the best pricing on the block. You might not have the best product on your block. You, you might have to sell it to somebody two times as many times because it goes bad. But if your base loves coming and interacting with who's working there at the time, whether it's it's the busboy, whether it's the kid working register, whether it's the salesman, whoever. It's the consumer experience. Exactly. And that all comes from work culture. That all comes from – the best example I've seen of it was working at the Decatur's Batteries Plus Bulbs, the Decatur area in Georgia. It was like – I can't even explain it. It was like two salespeople – or three or four salespeople. What about a single person in the store? If it was just one person in the store, because the the cu- if if the phone rang and there was a customer in the store and everybody was involved, you, you didn't you ignore the phone. You took care of the customer in the store. That's just how it was. It was you didn't sit in the back. You you engaged every customer. There was no the customer had to be in if the customer was in the longer for more than five seconds and they weren't greeted. Like there was, there was, they were getting greeted as they came in the door. You were opening the door for them as they left. Like it was a very, and I'm telling you, that was the that business was like a hole in the wall. It was the size of like a small shopping plazas, like average like shoe store, and it was like a 2.1 million dollar yeah. and like a year coming through there. Great, I mean, and it was because of the way that they treated the public. It was amazing. They had amazing standards and everybody liked it because everybody was positive and they had this goal of like, Hey, we want to meet these level of standards. It was, it was, it thrived. It was like blood through the workspace and it was like, like vitamin nutrition blood. It was just good. It was, it was an amazing thing. And I know that's what I saw from that business. I I, I didn't see that. Oh, their product was superior. There was this, there was that. It was, yeah, the business model is pretty awesome. Yeah. And there, there are some batteries that are like really hard to find. But what made it even better and what really sold it and what made it work, because I worked at this another franchise out here, and their biggest store was our smallest store. And we have just as fertile. This is a great place to have a business. Pittsburgh is an amazing place to have a business. Silicon Valley, too. Seriously. And just how many construction places, how many... Just There's, there's so many of that. It's, it's like... Um, like, contracting and stuff. Yeah. Electricians. There's so many small businesses here because there's a, there's a huge focus on trades in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And um, we have multiple very good trade schools here. And, like, those those types of businesses need light bulbs, need batteries. Yeah. But we, we just weren't focusing on that. Yeah. And clients that would come in there weren't getting their stuff on time. We weren't treating them right. We weren't doing our job properly, so they weren't making the money. Yeah. Like, I, I seriously, when I was the craziest thing, and I, it really clicked. I knew it coming in here, but I... I I had made a mistake in the books. I didn't, um, accidentally, um, I actually, and it's funny cause we did no sales at that store that day, which was like hyper telling, you know? Um, I didn't do the, uh, the register properly and I accidentally, I accidentally finished the register at the wrong store. Because they didn't set up their computers right, so if I logged in at another store, it would think I was at the previous store I was wow, okay. at. Oh.
1: okay.
0: So it wasn't even really my, like, like like. Yeah. At, they should actually, there's a way you it can was set It a flaw in the system. It was a flaw in the system, and, and I've worked at other stores where that was not an issue and knew what store I was at immediately. Or it wouldn't let you ring out. Like, you can set it up so it locks, and you won't it won't ring you out if you're at a different location. Got it. So, like, that was a flaw on their end, for one, especially because they had that many employees going back and forth and stuff. I was surprised that had never happened before. So they made a big deal about this. And there's a guy in from um, corporate. So I was downstairs. They had me, like, slinging batteries. I had this horrible... It was just... It was bad. I, I was I was basically ma- setting up pallets of car batteries, just slinging, like, uh. hundreds and hundreds... I mean, like, a single a car battery might weigh like, 40 to 50 pounds. Yeah, they're, they're and, heavy. And a pallet's, like... Ooh. Potentially, like, 50 to 60 car batteries. And I had to set up, like eight pallets you know what I mean like just very physically strenuous work and um it was funny so I'm sitting down there and I'm like drinking like drinking water or something like that and the guy comes down and he's like hey I'm like dude I'm sorry about that as a guy from corporate and he's like hey man don't even worry about it he's like that was a simple books thing he's like I saw you dealing with the customers upstairs and he's like he's like you're the only one who even follows the corporate model of sales here <laughs> he's like so don't worry about it he's like honestly like you do a really good job he's like I don't let them like Get under your skin because it's just not—it's not worth being upset over. Because you're actually you're the one who's doing your job right. Yeah, that's a, that's an easy thing that you can fix in the books. You know, and that kind of stuff just happens; it's expected. But you taking care of customers properly and r- running sales properly—that's what's important. And yeah. it was just like that's when it really clicked in my head. That 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 situation—it was like for somebody from corporate, from a very successful Batteries Plus is like one of the fastest growing businesses of the last like. Decade. It's, like, crazy. Like, they, they um, started in, like, 80... I want to say they started in, like, 88 or something like that. And they have, like, close to a 1,000 stores nationwide already. Like...
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's going to be... It, I think it's interesting for, you know, big franchises and big major corporations to kind of maintain the, you know, you know, maintaining, you know, work culture, you know, at a corporate level. Mm-hmm. you know um, having the same vibe having the same culture at one store you know you know having do you know what I mean yeah, yeah having the work culture having the, all the different battery plus you know yeah just as an example
0: yeah and then they do it in the training but it's, it's but it's but if the, the management is then upholding that and doesn't see the importance of it and doesn't believe in the corporate model that's the thing it's just like you're gonna have some franchises that just don't do it right you know yeah
1: there's a, there's a break and yeah there's a break and like, I mean, a major break in the chain, yeah, and the ripple effect. I mean, is that de- I mean potentially detrimental?
0: Oh yeah, I mean that, that that franchise. The previous owner actually had to sell the franchise, and then they picked it up and didn't change anything about it. And I saw more corporate more times working at that store, and we had more audits than like any other location. And I had worked for like multiple locations, and it was like it was clear to me that you know we just need to do follow the corporate model. You know what I mean? And it just didn't work.
1: So, like, wait so Batteries Plus at, you know, at AT&T, you know, all of the other places, because you were in a management position at, at Batteries, you know, Plus. Yeah. And you were in a sales position at AT&T. Like, what, what did you see was, like, the biggest flaw in, in the overall culture? Like, what, what did you see was...
0: So the flaw that i saw in the culture at batteries plus
1: and like what did you do cuz you're very you're like hyper aware of culture and very
0: thoughtful about contributing and you so know i always try to keep the the okay a don't talk about customers when customers are in the store like don't don't be having your own conversation while a customers in the store try to include the customer and educate the customer that was, like, a big thing that I loved was light bulbs, and I love selling light bulbs because I just knew about them. Like, I, I could tell you the exact color temperature of the light bulbs in here and stuff, just like dumb crap, but it was something that I was just interested in because yeah. lighting is just cool, and it's, like, it's useful. You, you're around it all the time. A lot of people aren't even aware of lighting, but it's important. And so, like, I, I educated my employees on bulbs and would show them how to educate people. Our store in the North Hills sold three times as many bulbs as any other the stores in the franchise. 'Cause I taught and focused on that. I ended up losing my gumption towards every single item in the store because it was just it just got to the point where it was like draining. It was like impossible to show up the work sometimes. And um but that's what like educating people, just being truthful, just be like like really treating the customer with like like they're a customer, you know what I mean? Like, like you genuinely care. Exactly. Yeah. It's like 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 the education factor is huge. And then like so like the biggest downfall I saw there was just that not all the stores were incorporating that. Because, like, when I'd go and work at a store and I taught them that, like, that they, that store would do better. Because people would come, at, like, especially when it comes to a product that's more specialty. Like, batteries, there's a lot of specialty batteries that people don't understand or don't know about. You can educate them and find out other things that they need and sell them those things. And so at this store, what was cool was that we were actually getting, like, a 1%, like, like cut of all everything that we were selling. Most stores don't even do that. Yeah. And, I mean, like, you might bring out, like, $20,000 worth of stuff in a month. You know what I mean? Like... It's an extra 200 bucks in your paycheck. That's the, it's not amazing, but it's, like, just for ringing stuff out that you're already going to be ringing out. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, at another location, you won't even get that. And uh, people just didn't see that. They didn't make those connections. They didn't make those dots. And it wasn't at every store. At uh, The stores that I went to and I taught that to and the people that I really, like, just explained that to, that worked. Um, also, just, like, for having good friendships within the store. But I think I don't like to do is, like, hang out with my employees unless it's, like, a work-related thing outside of work. I wouldn't just go and hang out with my employees, we might go get food together, you know what I mean, as a group, yeah. just to like enjoy being around each just other. Just keeping
1: it professional. Keeping
0: it professional, yeah. Uh, I don't I don't think it's a good idea. Maybe if you're like on like in sales but like I don't think it's, I definitely know it's not a good idea for managers to just go hang out with her. Hey I don't boys. think it's And that was a thing that would happen at AT&T. There was a lot of like, oh, let's go to the bar, let's do this, and then people would complain about each other. And there was a lot of infighting at yeah, AT&T. That, that's,
1: yeah, that's not good. That's so unprofessional. Oh. Like, as a man, you know, if you're in a management position, the last thing you should be doing is, you know, going to the bar with your employees and pounding cocktails after work. That's a recipe for disaster.
0: And like my main boss, like you know, who it did. I don't want to yeah. say name, yeah, yeah. he never did that. He was very good about that. He kept a, a solid amount of respect yeah, there. Yeah, it seemed... Yeah. I He's, mean, I, he, I met him
1: a couple times. He, was, he
0: was a good guy. I, I liked him a lot. Yeah. Um, but some of, like, the, like, smaller managers would do that kind of stuff. And I get where they were coming from. But it was just... To me, it was like, a place of, like, non-committal. Like, like just not, like, not committing to the role of being a manager. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the biggest thing I saw at AT&T was it was just, like... The pro- I don't know anybody who go in that model and enjoy working there. <laughs> like, it was just, it was like. Yeah, I know. It was. It was like emotionally, you know, draining, draining on me. Yeah, yeah, and it was, and it, and it wasn't, yeah. and you could tell it was for everybody. Yeah. It was even more so for me because I just felt like they wanted me to do it in one way, but the way that I knew what was best for the customer was another way. And they would argue and say like, "Well, you don't know what's best for the customer. You might get into- it's like you know." I know if I'm going to sell somebody a tablet, more than likely they will not l- yeah. use it. You know what I mean? If if I, if I have to actually sell them to it and talk them into it, nine times out of ten, it's just going to sit in the drawer somewhere. Oh, that's what you did today. Yep, you I'm talking to a guy a right across. And I had to meet a certain amount of tablets a month. Yeah, they wanted me to get like eight, ten tablets yeah. a month. Yeah, and we then know? the
1: manager came over and tried to upsell too, and he tried to convince me to buy too. And I'm just like, cool, it's free, ten bucks a month. I could swing that. It's a tablet. That didn't use it once. I ended up making out because I You cancelled it and sold it. Well, I ended up selling it. I, I, I think I made four payments on it, ten dollars a month, yeah. forty dollars, sold it for seventy-five, and then was able got no early termination fees for um, for opting out of that contract because I was actually gonna upgrade that line. So I actually made out immensely. Yeah. And they avoided they the proration charges, they 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 did a lot. They gave me so many comps, like it was. I told you, it was like for three months there. It was like I'm getting credits <laughs> to my account. I got a hundred dollar check in the mail. Like it
0: was, it was awesome. But no, that's not always the case. Yeah. Ryan is somebody who fought for that too.
1: Yeah, that's true. You know
0: what I mean, Ryan? Like most I people, called corporate. And yes, he let him have it. Yeah, because and rightfully so, to be honest with you, like just from what I saw, it was just like
1: I'm spending. I'm giving you thousands of dollars. Yeah. Like these phones are expensive. <laughs> you
0: know what the worst part is. Those stores aren't even making a profit off the phone. they're Making a dollar, I think, per. Oh, Some, phone. Something absurdly yeah. bad like that, like like we had a pro, we had a. So I would check them in. We'd be selling a, uh, a phone for like, like, like nine hundred bucks, and our cost on it was like eight twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah. And then like that doesn't include like whatever credit we owed on those phones. Like it, like by, by the time everything was done, everything was processed we made, like, a buck off those phones. Yeah. Like, it was, like, we were not, like, even even if you were to break it up over, like, how thir, over 30 months, you you would, that's still a $70 profit, even if you just do it that way. Yeah. But there, there was other fees included where it was, like, yeah. yeah but either,
1: either way, when I was calling them, like, um. I
0: knew for a fact they weren't making much money off yeah, those Yeah,
1: well, I, I didn't even speak to, I said, send me a customer loyalty, please. Yeah. You know, afford me to customer loyalty. Like, if you actually, you know, if you value me, you know, value me as a customer, like, that's so important, like. You know, and just going back to what you were saying, like, about, you know, just uh, overall product knowledge and instilling knowledge in not only the consumer but into your employees as well. Yeah. Because there's such a level of confidence that comes with that. Mm -hmm. You know, when when your employees feel like they're actually knowledgeable in the thing that they're selling, um, you know, it's going to get them excited. It's going to get them motivated to actually make the sale because they know what they're selling. And then, you know, on the consumer end of it, you know, you can see if, you know, because... If the you know if the salesperson actually knows what they're selling, they're going to educate the customer on that particular product or service. So I mean, it goes both ways. So yeah, that, that's that, that's mad
0: important. And and a, and a and a confident and educated customer is much less likely to return a product.
1: Yeah,
0: you're not. You might meet some arbitrary number, but you're not making money if people are returning stuff. Yeah. At the end of the day, like that's what it comes down to. There's no money made in a return, if anything, there's a loss made in a return, because if you're working somewhere like AT&T and you return a phone, you have to send it back to the manufacturer, they have to have it wiped, you lose hundreds of dollars on a phone. There's a lot of products where, you know, it's like you returning it can be really detrimental. Um, And, yeah, like I had very few returns there, I will say. If anything, I did at AT AT&T, I mean, I got a handful of returns and was like, what are these? Because I was getting, I was getting, so you get like, um, at AT AT&T, the way it works is when you sell product, you actually have a little calculator that tells you how much, um, what is it called, commission you've made made off of your product, like off of your sales. So I was getting, I was starting out months like negative, now be like 13, 14, but like one time I was like fifty bucks, and I was like, what the heck? Like, what is this? And like, oh, somebody returned something you bought, and then when I look into the returns, it was stuff that my manager pushed. And it was like, so my manager was really just trying to meet numbers to appease AT&T instead of making money, where my head was always in profit. My head was always from a business, from a manager's and a business owner's perspective. And they loved me at Batteries Plus for that because I would give certain people discounts all the time, but I knew the profit margin where it was like it wasn't even an issue. You know what I mean? There were certain things we had such a wide profit margin on, where I'd sell the crap out of them, give people ten percent off, and we'd be like still be making a huge profit margin. Like that was one thing that was cool to AT T. They let us kind of haggle a little bit, and um, that, like, I'd always keep that in mind. There were certain items that I never questioned, like sealed lead acid batteries. We'd sell a sealed lead acid battery, like there's a standard one. There's like these, like, uh, they'd have basically they go on like exit lights. They go in those UPS units that, like, uh, back up your power for your computer and stuff if the uh, power goes out. And so they're a common style of battery that most people don't really know about. So people, they were really commonly sold for Verizon Fios boxes. They were just a backup unit that they'd put in people's houses. And people would come in and be like, I don't know what this battery is, but my TV keeps going out. And so they'd be like, oh, man, but they're this cheap online. I'm like, well, I'll give you 10% off. You're in the store. They're better quality. Knowing that we were selling them for like $43, and our our cost was like $7 on them. So if I gave them 10% off, they, they were getting like $4 or $5 off, and we were still making like a $30 profit on a $7 item, you know?
1: So back to work culture. Um,
0: <laughs> but that, that's part of the work culture though being aware of the price of items being aware of how those things work like like, like, not being afraid like if you have items that are have a really high profit margin like don't be afraid to like give somebody a discount you know what I mean if you're if you already making an excessive amount of money you know what I mean like that, that kind of stuff really like resonates with customers you know what I mean and like and you being aware of prices and how much things cost like even at your regular sales job like if you're just like some guy working for like like a sales place, and they give you that leeway, like use that kind of stuff. So that, was, a,
1: so that was an interesting angle that you just took on work culture because I, I think, uh, for me, when I think about work culture, when I think uh, you know other people within other organizations think about work culture, they think about the overall environment within the organization when interacting with other employees, you know, other colleagues within management. So you kind of took it on an angle, you know, the the relational dynamic between the employee and the and the consumer. So like, how does that relationship translate into the work culture? Yeah, because you know, I have the environment that's cultivated by people within the organization. So how does that relate to, to the consumer end of, of an organization?
0: And This is, this is, this is why I preach this. This is why I even think about work culture, to be honest, is because having a good work culture, if somebody's in a good mood, their good mood is going to extend to the customer. All that That's a very simple principle, but it's true. It's like that, that's the actual truth of the matter is that, if you're in a good mood, you're gonna you're gonna use that good mood towards a customer. If the customer has a happy experience, they're gonna buy from you more frequently. Like, like the reason why good work culture, because like nobody would care about work culture if like everybody just hated each other and was total crap to each other in the back, and then walked out or great to the customers. It would have no purpose, but that's not how life works. People let their mood And dictate, especially in a sales atmosphere, unless they're, like, a high-end salesperson making $200 million a year or whatever selling, like, jet fuel to what you know what I mean? Like, like just a regular salesperson at a regular business that we're going to be speaking to, like, just having Fridays where you bring in donuts, giving them five bucks, all the employees five bucks every Friday to go get lunch, you know, things like that. Make little parts of your budget towards things like that because that just makes people happy. It makes them go, oh, man, I can't wait till Friday. That's going to be sick. Oh, yeah, I get to wear jeans on Friday and I get free lunch. That's sick. I I love this job. And you're paying them $9 an hour. You know what I mean? It's like you have eight employees, so that's an extra 40 bucks out of your overall budget. You know what I mean? Things like that. Just foster and then them being happy and them thriving in their workplace, they're going to sell for you. They're not going to care about numbers. They're going to want to hit numbers to appease you because you've been such a good employer to them. That's the importance of work culture. I think that work culture, culture in general affects everybody. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like yeah, even the people who aren't in a part of the culture are affected by the culture and their interactions with the culture. I think that's like, it's like, it's like music or it's like, it's like yeah, hit. they're
1: impacted by the culture. They're not impacting the culture.
0: Exactly. Yes. Yeah, and in some ways they are. You have nothing but bad customers yeah, or total jerks and you're in a bad area
1: but i think if i think but if you're i think if you're interacting with you know you know hostile customers yeah and you know you're you're you know your that organization has a strong work culture i don't think you're going to allow that nasty consumer that nasty customer or that nasty client you know to really affect cuz i think if you have a strong work culture you have a strong work culture you have a yeah, solid yeah. foundation that's not going to be shattered by you know, like Susie one guy Ques coming in, yeah. I'm great because he, you know, whatever, his phone broke or it didn't meet his expectations. Yeah. And, uh, yes, I, I think it's very, very important to constantly be thinking about, you know, your work culture and even going a step further and actually doing something about it.
0: Oh, definitely. Like I said, like even those little things like like allowing jeans on Friday. Yeah, things it little incentives.
1: That like that it gives a lot – you'd be surprised like how happy people – like even for me when I was a student, being able to wear jeans – on Fridays, because I went to a uh, a public private school, so we had a uniform. We had a polo, yeah, um, and you know khakis, and you know you could wear whatever sneakers you wanted. But it was the same thing for the teachers. The teachers could wear you know jeans and you know a t shirt, and you could see they were happy. They were they were always excited. They were always talking about it. You know I can't wait till you know dress down day. It was every other Friday, I think. But uh, yeah, work culture is mad
0: important. And, and and part of that's how it's implemented too. Yeah, It's like you have to make that, you have to make, so if you're going to have jeans on a Friday, you have to really be constant and adamant about wearing proper work attire, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Because if you're like, oh, well, like, we let it happen on Friday, so like, no, today you wore your jeans, no, make that person go home and put on their dress slacks. Because then Friday is meaningless, it's like parenting almost. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I saw that a lot too. It was like, it was like the re- the issue that I have with the batteries plus here is we couldn't implement any of these things culturally at work because it was so lax already. There was nothing that was really like a big deal at work because we were just so lax all the time. You know what I mean? It was like, Oh, well, let's just implement jeans. Well, Nick wears jeans all the time to work. So like we can't do that. You know what I mean? And it's like just things that, and then like the, the owner wouldn't want to spend like 40 bucks for lunch every Friday. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. He's like, already playing. And it was like, come on, like that really, like like that extra, like if you look at like per store, it's like actually like 160 bucks a month or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's nothing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like per store, like really, if you're making a hundred, hundreds, like millions of dollars a year, like you can't like chill out an extra like, you know, like 40 bucks a week per store. But seeing that and hearing that, like how you implement it, like really goes it goes a long way too you, you have to really make it you have to make something of it culturally in the workplace yeah. you know what I mean? It has, it has to be an event It has to be something exciting but yeah like i said that was just it's amazing how little things like that really really affect the workplace because the cool thing is that you might think like okay well five bucks for every single person i can't get a meal with that so what they do is the employees would get together put their money together somebody would go out and get a big feast and then they get up together as a group and have an awesome meal together mm-hmm and then that strengthened them personally, you know what I mean? Even if not, you're contributing to their meal. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And
1: it's $5 less than what it was if you hadn't given them given them the gift card. And it's not the monetary value that really matters here. You know, it's the gesture. Yep. It's really showing them that you do care and you do value them as a person, you know, as an employee. So, I mean, it's it's really
0: the thought behind it, not the you know the value of whatever you're doing. It has to be genuine. It has to come from a genuine place of like, yeah. "Oh, this will really benefit people." Because also, if it's not genuine, it doesn't affect people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, like not in the same way. You can't just. It has to have heart behind it, because people pick up on that, and the the desired response does not always happen. Yeah. Like like I think that's anything in life, but it's like, just like giving a homeless person a cookie and like a drink. Is like like but, like and it's like you're just like oh here man and it's like self like patting yourself on the back yeah or just giving them a quarter you know what I mean and you're like hey man that's the only quarter I have that quarter is going to mean so much more than that cookie and that drink you know just things like that so
1: yeah I mean at the end of the day like it boils down to like really just you know putting others before yourself like yeah. really esteeming others higher than yourself you know you're just genuinely caring about people doing the right thing you know. Cause it comes full circle, like yeah. you, you might not be getting you know an immediate return, so to speak, but uh it pays off in the long run. I'll tell you what, like just doing the right thing, being kind, it comes full circle it, it it genuinely does, and you know what it might not you know that favor might not get returned, you know that that kind gesture that you made might not come full circle, but um you know at the end of the day, like it, it probably is going to make you feel good, yeah, you know, knowing that you did you did what you know is right. And, um, you know, it's just important, like, just be thinking about other people, you know, be considering, you know, what's going on around you and how can you make the environment, you know, that you're currently in, whether it's at home with the family or, you know, or it's in the workplace, Mm -hmm. you know, no matter what, you know, when, when you have other people around you, you have a tremendous opportunity to have a positive impact on, you know, maybe their lives, you know, maybe just individually, you know, or as a group, you know. Um, so yeah be be thinking about that you know if you're an employee if you're in a management position if you know you're a stay-at-home mom uh whatever your your position is you know be thinking about other people be thinking about how you can you know impact uh what's going on around you um because you might you might think well you know one good deed isn't really going to do much uh you'd be surprised yep and uh and and if that was the mindset of everybody nothing good would be going on and and um yeah like you'd be surprised, like one kind gesture like if every if every person in the world would do one good thing a day mm. uh, i I think the world would be a a much, much better place, yep, you know, and uh, a lot of that is not having a victim mentality yeah you know the the victim mentality is just destroying society, it really is yeah, you know, like everybody owes you something, yeah, no, nobody owes you anything, yeah, and if you want something that bad, you know. Obviously, if you feel like somebody owes you something, you want something, go and do it. You know, don't don't expect somebody to come and you know give you whatever that thing is that you want or, um, you know, so yeah, be thinking about other people and you know, do the right thing. It's it's really it's really that simple. Like yeah, I don't think this needs to be extrapolated or and, and, you know, drawn out. It's just that simple. It's
0: interesting too because what Ryan said is hold other people to higher esteem than yourself. So then you think, well, why I need to be taken care of? What if everybody did that? <laughs> then everybody else around you will be holding you to higher esteem than themselves yep. and they'd be looking out for you. Yeah, That's why that would work. Yeah, That's an obvious, simple principle that if everybody yep. operated on that thought and on that action, everybody would be taken care of, no problem. Yeah, If it was ingrained in us and who we were and who we acted at, you, I'm telling you, you start being positive. You start doing one positive thing a day, even if you're faking it, it'll radiate and become a part of who you are yep. and then you'll start doing it more and more and more and you'd be amazed by just... What positivity can do in your life—it's insane. Just how different your interactions with people go. How, how different every aspect. It's like, it's like, it's like walking in the force. It's like weird. It's like all the little things that normally you're like, oh man, like I got like six thousand red lights and all the like, like I, I, I cut my finger off of every single piece of paper every single time I turn the book. Blah blah blah. How that all starts to shift. The little stuff and the big stuff. You know, it's like, it's like, man, it's that that's like a huge thing i've noticed in the last like 3 4 years of my life yeah. that has changed in my my mindset and I know it i know it all comes from god yeah and what we're talking about is like we're like we're basically like talking about princ- biblical principles yeah, you know? and, and like it's amazing seeing how many things that i used to worry about all the time that i'd constantly try to fix and then here the answer to it was a completely different non sequitur thing that i didn't even realize it was like, oh, the reason why I'm acting like this and the, the reason why this keeps happening is because I'm acting like this and the reason why I'm acting like this is because I keep doing this. It's like like something simple, you know what I mean? But it's like, it's like if you start chipping away at those negative parts of yourself, like you know we're wrong. That every single time you do it, it's in your conscience. And you'll hear all the time, you'll hear this all the time, this is a really bad value system, this is a really bad way to think and I hear this all the time in the world. You're talking about victim mentality. Another one I hear all the time, it's like, oh, if you like doing it, people like murdering people mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's like it's like you think that murderers don't get joy yeah. out of murdering people not it's like well, well they like it it's like well who cares every,
1: yeah not everything you like to do is
0: right it doesn't yeah. make it right just because it feels good or just because it's what you like to do doesn't make it right or or even if you don't see what's bad in it yeah but you know somewhere it's bad yeah it's like well it's not really hurting me it might actually be hurting you yeah there's, there's, like, there's so many, like, the, there's so many things that are like that in life that are just, like, little basic things, but it's, like, just having that positive, sp- this is really relevant, too, to, like, being a new year, too, the whole, like, new year, new me thing, but, like, yeah, like, like, just having that positive spin and doing positive things for other, it's, you're gonna want to treat yourself more positively, too, I think that's a, a big, another end of it, too, is it's just, like, oh, well, like, I do this for this guy, like, clearly I'm gonna start doing this for myself, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll start eating better, I'll start doing this, like, like, what have you, you know what I mean, I'll start taking better care of my finances, or I'll start taking better care of my car, or I'll start taking care, better care of this and that, you know, it's like, yeah, pos- positivity is, we, we always belabor positivity too, but it's important. And it it's is like, so
1: important, it's so it's so foundational to what we're doing here, and just, and it's such a big part of my life, just, I'm just, uh, I like bleed positivity, mm-hmm. like I should have bleed positivity, and um you know, it's kind of funny. Just a quick little story. I, I was filling up, you know, my gas tank at the at the gas station, and uh, I went inside and I got a coffee. It was cold and raining, and and uh, there was a guy in front of me, and and uh, he was getting a coffee as well. And he left his wallet in his car. You could tell he's like, "Oh man," and I'm like, "I'm like, what a coffee?" I'm like, "I got that, brother." And uh, he, his face lit up. You could tell, like, he just like, and especially in that, it was not the best area, but it was like you, you could just just one little gesture. A dollar out of my pocket, and this dude, his face lit up. You could tell it made his whole
0: week. It's the principal. He
1: was so excited. I said, God bless you, man. And uh, shook my hand, took me in, embraced me. Yeah. And uh, it was just cool, man. You know, it was just a little gesture like that goes such a long way. And you know what I might have done? I might have inspired him to do just that to somebody else. Yep. You know, maybe next time he's in a similar situation or, or he sees somebody in the situation he was in, he's going to buy their coffee as well. And uh and that's what I mean by, you know, it comes full circle. You might not see an upfront return. Uh, but it's it's gonna happen, inspiring others as well. Like it, it happens, like, you know, we did, just do the right thing. Yeah. Do the right thing. You know, always be looking at, you know, a way that you can just impact those around you and and uh I, I think going into twenty eighteen, you know, Wade and I we wanna challenge you um, you know, to to do make a do a con gesture, you know, this week, you know whether that's buy somebody a coffee or buy somebody lunch, even if it's a stranger, it'd be even better if it was a stranger. Yeah. Um, You know, bring positivity to to something, you know? So we challenge you in closing. We definitely challenge you to do that. Um, Step outside your comfort zone and um, do do something nice for somebody.
0: Yeah. um, Everybody love everybody.
1: Yeah. (laughs) We love you guys so much. Episode 11, the play by play podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in guys. And uh, have a great week. We love you so much. We're so grateful to have you listening to our podcast.
0: Thank you, guys. Love you. Peace.